Well, hey, Stone Creek. So we are starting our series today called Just a Thought. Just a Thought. Like, you ever heard that phrase? Just a Thought. We say it all the time. Just just a thought. Now, now, have you ever noticed, though, how important thoughts are? At times, do you feel like you're not in control of your thoughts? I mean, with everything that's happening around us, our thoughts tend to run away from us. And sometimes we feel like we can't grab them back. Like, how about when you wake up in the middle of the night and your mind just starts racing over maybe some news article or maybe a to-do list or maybe some difficult decision, maybe a college kid off at college and you, you just can't sleep? Man, they hold you hostage. You just can't figure out how to stop it. But, but it's just a thought, right? Have you ever taken a test and you were certain that you failed? And because you knew that you failed a test, you're going to have to drop out of school. You're going to have to be living in a van down by the river. But it's just a thought. Maybe you're married and you had this small disagreement with your spouse and all of a sudden you went from, baby, you didn't see that stop sign to, I wonder who's going to get the kids in the divorce settlement, <laughs> man. But, but it was just a thought, right? Have you ever been to the doctor and, and they called you and left you a message to call them back just to give you an update on your labs? And by the time you got in touch with them, you had given yourself about six months to live. <laughs> but it was, it was just a thought. Like, have you ever had this song get stuck in your head and in your thoughts and you just can't seem to shake it, but, but it's just a thought. Have you ever seen an image that you wish you could unsee and it's stuck in your thoughts, man, but it's, it's just a thought. Thoughts are not just thoughts, are they? You know, in truth, our thoughts could potentially be the most important things about us. Man, our thoughts are what drive our decisions, they rule our relationships, and they really inform our identity. And when we say it's just a thought, we really downplay our thoughts. We're minimizing the soul-shifting potential of our thoughts. Listen, thoughts matter because as I think, so I will become. My life is always going to go in the direction of my strongest thoughts, my strongest thoughts. That's where my life is going. Thoughts are such powerful tools that can either be transformational or they can be toxic. In our current environment, with all this negativity and uncertainty swirling around us, if we don't understand how to think about transformational thoughts, our thoughts are going to make us sick. Listen, when our thoughts are unhealthy, they cause us to make bad decisions. They cause us to always be distracted, to be stressed, to be depressed, to be defeated, to be discouraged, to be anxious, to be tired. Like, do you feel tired? And maybe it's your, maybe it's your thoughts that are causing that. Like, so how do you correct something that's unhealthy? How do you stop being held hostage by sick thoughts? It's easy. Good nutrition. Watch what you're feeding your thoughts. That's how we fix that. You see, if your body is unhealthy, what you do is you start feeding yourself nutritious foods. Now, for some people, when it comes to feeding your thoughts, every day is a cheat day. And you, you know what a cheat day is, don't you? It's not that you just eat what you want. But it, it, you eat what you want that's bad for you. And you eat whatever you want that is unhealthy. And we tend to do that with our thoughts. But listen, we need to cut the fat. We need to eat some antioxidants. We need more fruits and vegetables for our mind. And we need less fried food. Listen, if you have a thought problem, you have a nutrition problem. You have a feeding problem. You, you need to quit gorging yourself on microwave meals and packaged products and fake news. I mean, I meant fake nutrients fake nutrients. Listen, so how do you have thoughts that produce healthy lives? How do we have thoughts that grow productivity and not anxiety? How can our thoughts produce calm and not chaos? 
It all boils down to one thing. What am I feeding my thoughts? Like, what am I feeding then? So today we just want to talk about feeding your thoughts that determines the fitness of your soul. Feeding your thoughts, it determines the fitness of your soul. Let's pray together. Hey, God, we know that thoughts are so numerous and we have so many thoughts every day. And we have so many inputs in our lives that cause our thoughts to go in a lot of directions that cause us to be unhealthy and tired and anxious and, and depressed and stressed out. And so, God, that today you'd help us to learn what it means to feed our thoughts, to train our thoughts, to take control of our thoughts, God, to have the thoughts that are going to lead us to healthy lives and are going to be nourishment for our souls. And we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so let's grab our Bibles, everybody. Let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of highlight verse 8 and 9, but I'm going to start out in verse 4 just to kind of give us uh, kind of where we need to go. You know, Paul is talking about anxiety, um, and it's one of those things that everybody is experiencing these days. And he's talking about a cure for anxiety, but that's one of those things that's easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's easy to talk about no anxiety, but it's hard to actually get there. So Paul is giving us some practical steps on what it looks like to not have anxiety. So with that in mind, let's just kind of read a little bit. In verse four, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything. Well, that seems simple, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't be anxious. Easier said than done. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I think we could all use a little peace today. I think we'd all use some peace to guard our hearts, to guard our minds, to guard our thoughts. And then Paul goes on and gives us kind of instructions on how to handle our thoughts. He says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Then he says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the peace of God and the God of peace will be with you. And so he gives us these instructions. Now, the word for anxiety literally means to be pulled apart. It's what anxiety does to our brains. It's what it does to our thoughts. And it makes us think in so many different directions. And in today's culture, we find ourselves bombarded with so much that wants to inform and capture our thoughts. Well, I'd like to start with, we need to be sure that we don't underestimate the power and the importance of, of feeding our thoughts. You know, based on a lot of studies, America is one of the most obese countries in the developed world. I think we've all heard this. According to some people, it's an epidemic. It's not getting better. It's increasing. And it's not just the COVID-19. It's also the COVID-15, if you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and I would say, say that when it comes to our thoughts, we face an obesity problem. We have access to news 24-7. Man, we're at the whim and the waves of someone who's trying to capture our attention for a news story. And right now we have more time to watch the news, listen to the news, and for our thoughts to feed on the latest tragedy and negativity. Like when you watch the news, do you think that you're going to find something good or something bad? And this is what happens and it feeds our thoughts. Like think about how fast information is coming at us. Think about this. In 1900, information doubled every 100 years. By 1945, it doubled every 25 years. And now, by some estimates, it's every 12 hours. Every 12 hours, information is doubling. That's a lot of information to feed our minds on. 
You know, we have advertisers trying to get our attention in every possible way. Like, have you ever been on a website, ad pops up for something that maybe you never Googled, maybe you mentioned it to somebody out loud, and all of a sudden it's as if they're actually listening to you, trying to get your attention, trying to influence your thoughts. Listen, we have smartphones that we can play games on or look up information, or social media, what all our friends are doing in real time. It captures our thoughts. It's feeding our thoughts, and our thought life is becoming obese and unhealthy. You know, because of this, this overwhelming availability of food to feed our thoughts, we we have to plan what we feed our thoughts. We have to tell our thoughts where to go, as Dave Ramsey says about our money. They, They aren't just thoughts, but they drive everything about us. Listen, maybe you've heard the saying, sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, you reap a habit, sow a habit, you reap a character, sow a character, what do you reap? You reap a destiny. And listen, the implication of this is that, that, that we feed our mind, what we feed our minds on a daily basis actually is driving who we're becoming tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Listen, take a look at some of the popular quotes that I have about, about your thought life and what you think. Henry Ford said this. He says, whether you think you can or can't, you are right. <laughs> Believe you can, and you are halfway there, said by Teddy Roosevelt. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts, Marcus Aurelius. Dale Carnegie said this, our thoughts make us what we are. Listen, we we need to understand the power of our thoughts. Man, they aren't just ambiguous, intangible whispers that nobody hears, but they are transformational forces that everybody sees. Listen, they aren't just things that nobody hears, but they are transformational forces that everybody sees. You know, there's an, uh, uh, over in the book of Proverbs chapter 23, um, quick verse I just want to read for you. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man think, as you think, so you become. So what we think ends up being who we're becoming. So here's an illustration of that. Like when my kids were learning to drive, I would say things to them like, they're such a good driver. They're such a patient driver. They're such a defensive driver. They're such a great driver. They're so careful. Like, why did I say that? Because I wanted them to think that so that they would believe that and drive like that and they would keep my insurance rates low. That's what I wanted. Listen, this verse reminds me of the phrase, you are what you eat. We've heard this phrase, right? You are what you eat. I can remember my parents said it to me. And I've heard parents say to their little kids, you're going to turn into a chicken nugget. You better eat some broccoli. (laughs) But in, in reality, listen, you aren't what you eat. You are what you think. Listen, listen, Jesus even raised the level of our thoughts in the Sermon on the Mount, didn't he? Man, Jesus just raised the level. He shifted from focusing on the action to focus on the heart issue or the thought. So when Jesus says that, at one point he says, when you've been angry with someone, it's the same thing as murdering them. He raises the level of anger, a thought, to murder an action. He uses the same type of analogy around adultery. He says, if you've lusted in your heart, it's the same as the action of adultery. Now he's not saying we should face the same consequences in a court of law, but what he's saying is the most important thing about us, the most important thing is not the action, but the thought or the motivation behind it. Listen, the action was caused by the thought and we should recognize that. If we think it, then then we're guilty. As the old saying goes, it's the thought that counts. And Jesus comes along to say that that really is true. It is the thought that counts. 
Jesus is so passionate about your thoughts, about my thoughts, about our thoughts, because he knows it informs our actions. And he knows it's an overflow of who we're becoming. So we have to ask ourselves, well, like, what are we feeding our minds? Like if you would examine the last week, what's coming into your thought processes? What, where is it coming from? How is it making you feel? What effect are your thoughts having on you? You know, the reason why this is important, because it's coming out, it's coming out at work. How are you thinking about your coworkers, your boss, man, the, your customers? Like, like what you feed your thoughts comes out in your marriage. <laughs> if you fed your thoughts food that's causing anxiety and negativity, odds are that it's going to come out in your marriage. It comes out in how you see your spouse, talk to your spouse, how you think about your spouse. It's coming out of school. Like how you treat your friends and your teachers and the way you feel about the coursework. It, it's coming out. It's coming out in how you parent your kids. If you find yourself short and irritable, snappy with your kids, it's probably not your kid's problem. It's probably a thinking problem because you are the adult. You see, to form the right thoughts, you have to feed them the right food. And part of our problem is we have a feeding problem. Like, like let me say that again. Listen, we have a thought feeding problem in our country, in our lives. As the old saying goes, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. In Proverbs chapter 15, just a few pages over from what I just read, it says this. He says in chapter 15, verse 14, it says that the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feed on trash. The mouth of fools feeds on trash. And he's talking about what we feed our minds. You know, we, we know what we, we, we've learned this from our bodies. We know nutrition, nutritious food produces good health. And we see the rise of plant-based foods, right? We see more organic foods. We have stores like Trader Joe's, Whole Food. Any Whole Foods fans in the house? Love some Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, all that. So much fun. And, and, and all this is continuing to grow, man. Free range chicken, non-GMO foods. And people are being more intentional about their nutrition for their bodies. Like some food makes you healthy. We all know this. Kale, blueberries, acai bowls, spinach, black beans. We all know this, right? And here's what Paul's saying. Some foods can make my thoughts healthy. But there are some foods that you feed your mind that make your thoughts unhealthy. Listen, if you put trash in your mind, you're going to get trashed out of your soul. Like, like, how many people like some junk food? Can I be honest? Like, like don't we, we all like some junk food? As a matter of fact, hey, drop your favorite junk food in the chat right now. Like, what's your favorite junk food? Like, I love some junk food. Maybe some, maybe some Arley, Arby's curly fries, peanut butter M&Ms, barbecue chips, anybody? Let's go. Love some junk food. Man, and, 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 and what we know about junk food is it's this food that it has just a few nutrients. It doesn't have really much that your body needs. It has a lot of fat, sugar, salt, which your body can actually get too much of. It makes us not feel good, bogs us down, makes us tired, puts us in a carb coma, I like to say. Listen, the same is true for our thought life. Same is true for our thought life. We have to recognize that we can't, we can't watch and hear and think about things without it affecting us. Like there's certain movies that you watch and you think that you're mature and sophisticated enough to handle it, but it's really affecting how you think. It's coming out in your actions, it's infiltrating the words that you're choosing to use. Let's talk about music for a second. Have you noticed how certain songs, not only do they get stuck in your head, but they also can transport you back in time, different place. And sometimes that can be good, 
right? Sometimes that can be a good time, but other times it can be a bad place and a dark time. And we have to be careful about what we listen to because it affects what we think. You know, in Psalm chapter 101, uh, verse 3, David's writing this. And David says this, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Like there's this intentionality about what he's looking at, he knows is going to inform his thoughts. What we watch and listen to and read about can grow thoughts of peace and joy and kindness or thoughts of anxiety and stress and irritation. Do you ever wonder why it's called a news feed or a social media feed? Because it's trying to feed us something. Like what the news is feeding us, social media is feeding us, grows our thoughts, or it possibly stunts our growth. And what most people tend to do at first is in the morning they reach over, grab their phone and look at the news or go to an email or maybe social media or we go to something else that, that's going to inform our thoughts for the rest of the day. So think about this. Listen, you wake up, immediately you look at your newsfeed. And what are you going to find? I mean, there's going to be some headlines about COVID-19 or Democrats hate Republicans or Republicans hate Democrats or there's a shooting or there's fighting or there's rioting or there's a hurricane in the Gulf. Like, what does that do to start your day? And when this 24-7 news cycle, man, it, it just increases our anxiety, causes us to have trouble sleeping. It makes us feel unsafe. And our bodies literally have a physical reaction to this. You know, you get this shot of cortisol and the shot of adrenaline to form this perfect storm of stress response in our bodies. That's what we have. Listen, there's social media feeds that are kind of like the deep fried Twinkie of our thought life. Man, we hear about our friends and how awesome their lives are. And what happens? We get FOMO, fear of missing out. And we become self-conscious about our own lives and what we're accomplishing and how we look. And we become more and more self-absorbed just by watching that. And, and then what about binge watching? Like there was no such thing as binge watching when I was growing up. Let me just tell you. Listen, movies that have deteriorated over the years and we've become desensitized to the damage it's doing to our hearts and our souls. And we say, hey, it's just entertainment. It's not really affecting me. And we're immune to the fact that it's informing our thoughts, which is driving our lives. Listen, we have an intake problem. We have an intake problem. And these, these forms of intake, these forms of ways that we're feeding our soul have no ability to give us the nutrition that we need for healthy thoughts. Listen, have you ever had a thought and you said to yourself, like, I wonder where that thought came from? Like, that's random. The question is not, why did I think that? The question is, what did I feed my mind to make me think that? Like it came from what I'm feeding my mind. And we can't just say, don't think about those thoughts, can we? It's not that easy. We can't just say, hey, stop thinking that. It's a, it's a little like this story. Um, last week or a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine, um, we were out and we were playing a little golf. And um, as we went over to find our ball, he comes running out of the kind of the higher grass, I will say. It wasn't the best of our shots. And he came running out of the high grass. And I'm like, what are you running from? He said, there's a snake over there. And so um, I walked over to find the snake and I see the snake in the grass and it's slithering away. And it's a black snake. It's about four feet long. You remember, you've seen a black snake four feet long, right? And it's a king snake. It's a good snake, as they say. Now, for some of you, the only good snake's a dead snake. I get that. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and so I went over to look at the snake. But think about it. You've seen a snake like that, maybe in your backyard, maybe in your front yard, maybe in the street. You've seen a snake like that. Just picture that snake in your mind. Now, now, now here's what I want you to do. 
Stop thinking about that black snake right now. Stop, don't think about a black snake. Don't, don't think about the black snake. Like, what are you doing? You're thinking about a black snake. It's like when you t teach someone to drive, you're like, hey, don't hit the pothole. What are they gonna do? They're gonna hit the pothole because what are they focused on? The pothole. It's not enough just to say, don't think a certain way. We have to feed our minds to think differently. So Paul says it. Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything of excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Paul's saying, listen, don't focus so much on what not to think, but focus on what to think. Paul says, practice these things. We have to practice how we think. That's what he says in verse nine. He says, practice these things. Listen, healthy thoughts aren't random. You know what grows without any trying at all? Weeds in your yard. That's what happens. It takes intentionality to grow plants. Listen, healthy thoughts don't just happen. It's a habit that we have to learn to practice. Like this is good news, isn't it? We're not enslaved to a poor thought life. Like we, we, we don't have to worry. We're free to embrace all the goodness that God wants in us. Listen, practice just means I perform these tasks. So what practice is. And you find peace when you plan to practice your thoughts. Hey, listen, somebody drop peace right now in the comments. Let's all say peace, like peace, right? Don't you want peace? We all want peace. Given the option of peace or chaos, we'll pick peace. And to have peace means we need to protect our day with our thoughts. We need to preload our day with thoughts from this playlist that Paul's given us of things that we can think about. Have you ever noticed that physically, when you get hungry and you haven't planned on what you're gonna eat, you'll just eat whatever. Just walk in the pantry, grab whatever's in there, some chips, some RB, curly fries, right? Chocolate chip cookie, maybe. You can't go to the grocery store hungry, you know why? You come back with four gallons of Bluebell ice cream, that's what happens. <laughs> Listen, you can't wait until you get hungry to find out what you wanna eat, because what you'll do is you go for what's convenient and quick, no matter the nutritional content. Like how many times have you gotten hungry, walked in the pantry, and this happened to you? How many times maybe you were on a road trip and you didn't plan to put snacks in the car and what happened to you, right? You pulled over to the truck stop, got, went in and got some of your favorite junk food, some of your favorite fried food. And while it was good, listen, it wasn't good for you. Maybe you're driving home from a sports event and you haven't thought about dinner. So what do you do? You just swing by somewhere for something that's convenient. And again, those things aren't necessarily bad, but what happens is that becomes the norm. And that becomes a staple of your diet because you didn't plan. And that's when it becomes a problem. Listen, the same is true with our thoughts. If we don't have a plan, the 24-7 news cycle and the smartphone addiction will feed our thoughts. With food that's not nutritious, man, it's going to cause our thoughts to be unhealthy. Now, now generally, when we want to get healthy, what do, we do? what do we do? We go on a diet. That's what we do. If we want to get healthy, we go on a diet. We're all that way. Like, like how many people have been on some sort of diet, right? Everybody in here, like, write, the, write your favorite diet in the chat. Maybe it's keto, maybe it's paleo, mine's Oreo, like whatever your favorite <laughs> diet is, put it in the chat. Like, we know what it means to go on a diet. Diets are the quick fix, and sometimes you need them just kind of jumpstart a healthy life. But we've all known someone or maybe experienced ourselves when, when maybe we went on a diet, got off the diet, and we didn't just gain the weight back, we gained more back. Listen, we, we need more than a diet. We need a lifestyle change. Like we think that five minutes of Bible in the morning is gonna transform my thought life throughout the rest of the day. 
And listen, that, that's the best way to start your day. But, but Paul says it's more than that. Paul says it's an ongoing habit and practice. Listen, in order for our thoughts to change, we need more than a spiritual diet. We need a spiritual lifestyle change. Listen, we know that the best way to form our thoughts is through the Bible. We know this. The Bible has everything that we need for life and for God to approve of us. Practice means that we need to be busy with something. Listen, how much of your day are you busy with trying to think the right thoughts? How much of your time do you spend trying to be busy feeding yourself the right food to think about? Listen, let me encourage you about one thing right now. The hours when you wake up, immediately after you wake up, they're the most precious because your brain is one of the most creative states of the entire day. The first hour of your day can often dictate how your day turns out, can it? And listen, and when you string together days, what do you get? You get a destiny. So rather than reaching for your smartphone first thing in the morning just to kick things off and start your day on, on some news with an anxiety-ridden and distraction-filled life, like why don't you spend the first part of your day on something meaningful, like effectively setting your day up to be healthy, like the first thoughts that you plant in your mind grow throughout the rest of the day and they can change your life. Reminds me a little bit of the movie Inception. Anybody see Inception? Anybody out there see Inception? I know it's a little old. Remember that movie? The whole premise of the movie was that, that, that you could plant a thought in someone's brains while they're dreaming and those thoughts would turn into their new reality, which actually changed their future. So what if, what if we began planting healthy thoughts they can turn into a healthy lifestyle that can nourish our souls. Now, now, Paul lists seven categories of thoughts, or we'll call them seven food groups that we should nourish our brains with. They're healthy and they lead to a heart of peace. He says that these seven are worthy of all praise is what he says. Now, the first word he uses is true. The first word in verse eight, when he says whatever is true, and there are two truths that we have to hang on to every single day. Number one, God is good. Let's say this together. God is good. Somebody drop good in the chat right now. Listen, God is good. And guess what else? The second truth, God loves me. God loves you like God loves us. God is good and he loves me. Do you know that 85% of what we worry about never happens? 85% never happens. So what if we ask God every day, hey, is this, is this your truth? What is, this, what is this that I'm watching and listening to and using to feed my thoughts? What does it say about Jesus? Now listen, since Jesus said, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. Like, will this thought set me free or will it put me in bondage? So the first thing, the first category, the first food group, true. And then he goes on to say, whatever is honorable, like whatever is honorable, whatever is dignified, like we shouldn't focus our thoughts on things that are trivial or mundane, man. We can get lost focusing our minds on so much trivia that we waste our time. Anybody ever wasted time on your phone? Anybody ever wasted time on your phone? Anybody ever wasted time watching TV, running through the channels? Listen, we waste a lot of time. And, and we have to ask ourselves every day, like, does what I'm putting in my mind actually have some honest value? Then Paul goes on from honorable and he says, whatever is just, Whatever is just. In other words, whatever is approved by God, right? This, guy, this gets back to the old saying, like, what would, what would Jesus do? But, but, but what, what we can ask instead is, like, would Jesus do this? Would Jesus watch this? Would Jesus read this? Would Jesus think this? Like, like we want to know that we're thinking thoughts that are approved by God because that's what's going to make us healthy, and that's what's nutritious for our minds. Um, the next one that he uses is whatever is pure, right? He means free from sin. 
Like what is the logical outcome of what I'm feeding my thoughts right now? When I think about what I'm feeding my thoughts, is it going to take me to a place of sin or is it going to take me to a place of holiness and purity? Like, where is this leading me that I'm looking at right now? And don't think that you're too mature or too grown up or too strong that something can't sneak its way into your thoughts and lead you down a path of destruction. Like nobody ever woke up and said, I think I'll ruin my marriage today. Nobody ever woke up and said, I think I'll embezzle some money today. But what happened is they began filling their minds with some small thoughts that began taking them away from from God, and that's when it ended up happening, like whatever is pure. The next word that he, he uses is whatever's lovely, right? Now, this word has a relational component. It comes from the word that we get brotherly love from. So, 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 so what is it that I'm feeding my thoughts, and how is it help, helping me to love others more is what Paul's going out. And so going at, so we could ask ourselves, is this helping me love people more, or is it helping me love people less? That's what we need to ask ourselves. We know that Jesus said that the great commandment, obviously, is to love God and love people. So we need to ask ourselves, is what I'm engaging in right now and feeding my mind, is that going to help me love other people? Then Paul goes on to use the word commendable. Commendable. It just means well spoken of. It means to have a good reputation. So we have to ask ourselves, like, am I always looking for the best in other people? Am I always waiting for them to fail? Am I looking where they don't measure up? Or am I looking for the best in them? Do I find myself judging people on a regular basis, looking at their faults or, or looking at the work that God's doing in their life? Then he goes on. He, after he uses commendable, he uses the word excellence. Excellence. Now, we love this word, especially in our culture, man. We love, we want things to be excellent. And what excellent means here is it's this highest level of effectiveness. Is what I'm feeding my mind helping me be the most effective me that God wants me to be? Is what I'm feeding my mind right now helping me to be the most effective me that God wants me to be? And so Paul kind of closes out all these seven. They're worthy of praise. They're worthy of, uh, worthy of focusing our thoughts on. They're worthy of us practicing and putting into place something that will help us think on these things. Now, now what, sometimes when you're trying to get a little healthy, um, you have to fast, Right. You have to kind of let your body get purged of all the negative things that you've built up into your body so that, so that the good things can take hold and really perform the work that they need to. Um, when you go get a physical, a lot of times you have to fast so that your blood isn't tainted with whatever it is your blood gets tainted with when you get a physical, right? You don't, you, you don't want that to happen. And the same is true for your thought process. I mean, there are some things that we need to fast from. There are some things we need to shut out. There are some things we need to black out so that we can train our thoughts to be healthy and full of praise. So, so, so this is what we want to do as a church. For seven days, we just want to fast from social media. Man, we just want to go dark for social media. I'm, I'm just asking you for the next seven days, starting tomorrow on Monday, just to fast from social media. No social media, no Instagram, no Facebook. If you have to ask, hey, is this social media? The answer is what? Yes, it is, right? And so we're not going to be posting. We're going to go dark. And what we want to do is each day for seven days, we want to fill our mind with these seven food groups with these seven food groups. So on Monday, we want to think about what is true. On Tuesday, we want to think about what's honorable. On Wednesday, whatever's just. On Thursday, whatever's pure. On Friday, lovely. On Saturday, commendable. On Sunday, excellence. We just want to focus our mind the entire day on these seven food groups. Like imagine the steps that your thoughts could take if you focused on feeding it a nutritious diet. Like just string of how healthy your relationships can trend. Man, man, just think about what peace could pervade your soul if your thoughts were healthy. Listen, we have to feed them a nutritional diet. Now, these words of Paul are not new. Th these words of 
of focus your mind. That's not something Paul made up. Change your mind actually is a central theme of Jesus' first words in the book of Mark. You know, in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe, right? Repent and believe the gospel. So what Jesus is saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. He's come to start putting things back together to remove anxiety and negativity and replace it with peace and wholeness. This is the mission of Jesus. And so when he says repent, it literally means to change your mind. It's a compound word of change in mind. Repent, change your mind. Listen, we need to change our mind. We need to fuel our thoughts with faith. We need to feed our minds with food that is transformational and not toxic. Listen, change your mind. This is, this is Jesus' command to us. You know, there's this phrase in Christian circles that says this, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. So let's feed our souls what is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent. And let's see how God can transform us even in the midst of a pandemic. Let's pray together. So God, we know that our thoughts are, there's just so many and it feels like we have no control over them and we don't know where they come from at times and we don't know how to stop the bad ones and to fill them with the good ones, God. But we're grateful for Paul's words that tell us the things to practice, God, that we can practice certain ways of thinking, certain ways of setting up our day, certain habits that we can develop that will help our thoughts to be healthy, which will filter into our relationships, into our work, into our parenting, into everything that we do. And so, God, we just ask you to help us do that. It's, it's easier said than done, but when we know it's a battle every single day. God, we know that Satan's after our thoughts. God, that he's trying to fill our thoughts with doubts, doubts about who you are and about who we are and doubts about our future. But God, we just, we just lean in today and change our mind about that. And so as we just have this moment of prayer, there's some of you that just need to change your mind about Jesus. It's that simple. You know, you're struggling with thoughts and the reason why is that you're trying to do it on your own. And when, when we begin to follow Jesus, what happens is Jesus begins to help us form our thoughts. Jesus comes beside us to help us have thoughts towards health and towards grace and towards joy. And so I just wanna help you. Today is the day you need to change your mind and you need to say these words, today I'm following Jesus. You need to just say those words and out loud, wherever you are, it doesn't matter if you're in your car, in a coffee shop, and this is so important, it's so transformational, so life-changing. You need to say it out loud wherever you are. Today, I decide to follow Jesus. Listen, and when you say that out loud, here's what happens. God comes into your life, man, He changes your heart. He begins to give you new desires. He begins, begins to empower you in a way to think differently and to live differently. So God, we know that when we decide to follow you, it doesn't make things super easy all of a sudden, but it does put us in the fight. It does give us tools we need to be transformed. That God, you're in the business of changing us and making us into new people. And so God, I pray today that we would just lean into that. And God, we would trust you today and we would change our minds in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, listen, today, maybe you said that. Maybe you said, I'm gonna follow Jesus today. We would love to help you in that decision. We wanna put some tools in your hands that will help you in this journey that we call following Jesus. So if you would, we just, and I just encourage you, just drop a hand in the, in the uh, comments in the chat right now just to say, I'll raise my hand. That's what we would do if we were in the building together. We would have you raise your hand and then we would have some, an opportunity to be able to give you, um, to give you some uh, resources to kind of help you in your journey. I just encourage you to do that. Your thoughts are too important 
too important to not let God have control of them. Thanks so much for watching. We're going to continue in worship. So I just want to encourage you right where you are. If you would just stand and we're going to worship together.